It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. It's another Lane Kiffin edition of Talk of Champions. Ole Miss basketball does have a game on Saturday, but all the news happening right now, the most significant news is coming from that football building, the Manning Center. Lane Kiffin has recruiting on his docket. Not only that, but assembling a staff, the best staff he can put together. Some names, we'll discuss them here shortly. But first, Colin, man, what's up? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, it has been a whirlwind of, I guess, emotions is the right word for the uh, past nine days in the Ole Miss football building. It's been wild. One of the busiest weekends I can remember. But after Monday, I feel good. I feel well rested. I anticipated sleeping until about 10, 1030 on Tuesday. Of course, I was called at eight o'clock, woken up. And when you get woken up that early, yeah, you're done. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You're up. Yeah. And I've been up. Yep. Working the phones as we figure out where Lane Kiffin is going to go with his staff. But first, I want to ask you, what were your impressions from afar? I was there sitting in the front row for the public introduction, then in the front row for the press conference, asking some questions from where you sat from afar. What were your impressions? How did he do? 
I think a lot of people had maybe some misinterpretations of Lane and that he was going to get up on the stage in front of the big crowd and say some barbs and stuff like that. But it just appeared to me like he was a dude that's ready to get to work. He's a dude that's uh, ready to, you know, go do what it takes to win football games. That kind of seems like his, you know, only interest here. I thought it went as well as it could have. Obviously, you know, fans are excited, man. It, for the first time in a while, it feels like Ole Miss is committed to winning in the SEC. And I thought Lane handled everything pretty well on Monday, about as well as you could possibly expect. Some 4,000 fans showed up at the pavilion to welcome Lane Kiffin. That is not Lane Kiffin's type of event. That's not who he is anymore. And he stood up there and he talked with a very Saban-esque jargon, if you will. All right? Okay? A lot to punctuate his sentences. It sounded just like Minnie Saban. And then he went to the press conference, and he was a little bit more lighthearted in regards to how he handled things. But, yeah, I thought it went well, and I think Ole Miss fans, no matter what he said, they were going to be excited, and there's certainly excitement. But looking forward, this week is the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game. Early signing period is next Wednesday. He's got to finish off his staff. He's barely gotten started with his staff, but he's got to finish off his staff. And then he's got to focus on February. Then in the spring football, it's not going to slow down for him. He's got plenty of things to do on his docket. But going to the staff, the latest information I've gotten, Mike McIntyre appears to be, at least today, the leading candidate to become the defensive coordinator, if you made me guess. I know that immediately the reaction to that will be pretty mixed. But if you think of Mike McIntyre as simply a Matt Luke assistant or a Hugh Freeze holdover, you're viewing him all wrong. I feel like he's his own unique entity. And not only that, but Lane Kiffin's going to put around Mike McIntyre should he be the defensive coordinator. We don't know that for sure, but I think right now he has the most momentum. He's going to put the guys around him that he feels is the best fit for not only Mike McIntyre, but for Lane Kiffin. So if you are a holdover, like a Freddie Roach, who I think will end up being retained, you're only going to be on a one-year evaluation period to where if you're not pulling your weight, he's not going to be like Hugh Freeze. He's not going to be like Matt Luke, who were very loyal to their assistants. Matt Luke, remember, held on to Wesley McGriff and Phil Longo after Hugh Freeze was fired, after he got the full-time head coaching position. Lane Kiffin's not going to do that. He has no problem moving on from assistance. Look, I think you're right about Mike McIntyre. Maybe some mixed reviews. Man, you look at what he did with that defense. And obviously, look, Ole Miss's defense should have been better than what they were in 2017 and 2018. But at the end of the day, the talent was scarce for McGriff. And McIntyre made that into a pretty decent unit, especially against the uh, run. And they've got young guys in the secondary. I think that's a, I think that's a wise decision to hold on to him. And, if and it right. happens, we're not reporting that. Sure, sure, sure. But like you said, there's not going to be the loyalty factor there that there was with Matt Luke. I mean, Matt, uh, I guess, let go of McGriff eventually and Jason Jones. But after that 2017 season, he kind of held on to everybody because they helped him get the job. And this feels like more of a cutthroat business now that uh, that Kiffin's taken over. That voice you hear is Colin Brister. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Former Ole Miss offensive lineman currently with the Chicago Bears, Bradley Sowell, coming up in just a little bit on the Modern Women phone line. Before we really get going here, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. 
Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A-Oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. What it does if you do retain Mac, and I don't know if it's going to happen. I just feel like right now he's the leading candidate because Pete Golden isn't going to happen. And if you made me weigh... Mike McIntyre, Randy Shannon, and Charlie Strong. I picked Mike McIntyre, and that's not recency bias. That's not being some Ole Miss homer trying to protect somebody. Mike McIntyre of the group of Randy Shannon, Charlie Strong, and maybe there's some other names out there that we're not hearing. That very well could be the case. Lane Kiffin is not one to leak information. Access to information is going to be significantly limited under Lane Kiffin. But if that were to, say, be the pool, I prefer Mike McIntyre. What is Randy Shannon at this point? He's a good recruiter. Good linebackers coach. I don't particularly care for him as a defensive play caller. And he's also making $890,000 a year at UCF calling plays. What Mike McIntyre being DC does, if that's the route that Lane Kiffin does go, would be to bring in a Taj Lapoy, a former Alabama staffer with Lane, who's currently with the Cleveland Browns. Give him the co-DC title. Let Mac call the plays like he's already been doing. And you get to bring in, in Taj not only a good recruiter, but also a good defensive mind and a great linebackers coach. Same thing with Bo Davis if he decides to go that way as well, because Freddie Roach can coach linebackers too. If he wants to go inside or outside linebackers and Tosh to handle the other one, Bo Davis could be the defensive line coach. And there is some question around Bo Davis. The reason why Lance Thompson, who was Lane Kiffin's recruiting operations director at FAU, isn't coming over to Ole Miss is because he has a show cause that doesn't expire until March. And in the SEC, Greg Sankey has effectively said, if you get a show cause or have a show cause, you can't coach here. If you get one in the SEC, you sure as hell can't come back. But if you have a show cause, it's going to be a hard sell for Greg Sankey to allow it. And you asked the question the other day, what's to keep any school out there from saying, screw you, Greg Sankey, we're going to make the move we want to make. Well, Greg Sankey, I've heard this, has effectively told schools who have pushed back a little bit. And I can't tell you how many schools have tried to hire Trooper Taylor back into the SEC. And it's a regular conversation out there. He tells these schools, hey, you can make that move. But if anything happens... If the NCAA comes calling, the SEC will not be there for you. We will not back you. We will not support you. You're on your own. But, of course, the counter-argument to that is, what real influence did Greg Sankey have in Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case? I don't think we know the true significance or lack thereof of his involvement with Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case. But Bo Davis was given approval to return to Alabama last year, but he wanted to stay in the NFL. Lane knows Bo was given that go-ahead to go to Alabama, so that's why you're seeing his name pop up. My biggest question is, okay, if Nick Saban does make some defensive staff changes, would Bo like to go back to Alabama? I don't know that. Nothing like that is going to happen until after this early signing period. Yeah, and, and this early signing period, it's it's unfortunate how it works. I mean, you've got all these Mississippi guys at, uh, at Hattiesburg, and, and obviously, like you said earlier in the week, they can't call them. They're only kind of being able to recruit through text messaging, which is obviously a tough sell. So. They've got guys out on the road that I think, like, I saw a picture with a recruit last night with guys that may not even be on the staff next year. So it's a, it's a little bit of a, it seems like a little bit of a chaotic situation from how they're going to have to go about this recruiting-wise. Well, it's an awkward situation for guys who don't know if they're going to be on the staff next year. They've already cut loose Jacob Peeler, Jeff Coons, Rich Rod, Jack Bicknell. I'm probably forgetting one or two, but they moved on from those guys. The picture you saw had Freddie Roach, Mike McIntyre, and Tyler Siski. I think all of those guys are going to be at Ole Miss potentially next year. And that makes sense because with Mike McIntyre, if you assume that they pick him over Randy Shannon or Charlie Strong, not only are you getting a coordinator who took an absolute awful defense that was among the worst statistically in college football the year before and made them into the 84th overall defense in the country – which doesn't sound great, but I said before the year, if Mike McIntyre can get Ole Miss into the 80s in total defense, that is a significant improvement. So you take more improvement then under Mike McIntyre another year. You get into the 60s with Lane Kiffin's offense. Sounds pretty good to me. 
but I'm not the coach. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone agrees that Lane Kiffin not only deserves and is going to get full autonomy to do what he wants, but you need to trust him to do what he wants. You can't love the hire and be excited about the hire if you're an Ole Miss fan and then bitch about the staff. you got to trust the guy to go out there and get it done and do what he thinks is in best interest of not only Ole Miss, but his own particular professional career. He's going to try to build the best staff he can possibly build. But also in Max's favor, you're not married to him if you keep him. So you let him go out there with one more year of his defense, returning a lot of his players. Not only do you cut a year off his buyout, but you get to see how he does. Any of these guys that Lane Kiffin keeps, Freddie Roach, Derek Nix, they're going to have to be on their toes and get it done because Lane, like I mentioned, isn't going to be loyal like Hugh Freeze or Matt Luke. Matt kept Wesley McGriff and Phil Longo out of loyalty. That is not what Lane Kiffin will do. Yeah, and, and I'm interested in your thoughts here. Uh, it feels like to me that more and more with this early signing period that you've got to make you know put a little bit of emphasis on retaining some guys. I don't feel like any coach right now can come in and just cut everybody loose and because I don't think you'll be able to help yourself in, in that early signing period. It feels like you're kind of obligated to at least keep some people on staff that were with the previous regime, right? Maybe. The thing about that is the guys on contract right now, if they haven't been told that they're leaving, that they're gone, that they're axed, they're contractually obligated to be on the road recruiting. And if they say, for example, no, nah, I don't want to do that, and they push back against Elaine Kiffin who says, go out on the road and recruit for Ole Miss, well, then Ole Miss can fire them with calls and they don't get any of their buyout. Fair enough. It's Fair an enough. awkward situation to be in. That is awkward. It's good money, but it's awkward. Yeah. So Freddie yeah. Roach needs to go out there and prove he can land some guys. I don't know if he's going to get McKinley Jackson. I doubt it. But you got McKinley Jackson at the Miss Al game saying that Freddie Roach is his guy. I'm waiting to see if my guy will be retained. That's not lost on Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin was in the home of J.J. Piggies recently, I think on Sunday. That's not a mistake. It's not a mistake that he tweeted out the numbers for the leading tight ends in all of college football last year, and his tight end was his leading receiver. That was for J.J. Piggies. He's going to have some hustle about him. And the way this staff comes together – it's going to be fun to watch. Bo Davis is with the Lions right now, and I don't know if he'd want to return to Alabama, but I know if he wanted to come to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin would certainly be receptive to that. And Ole Miss fans have floated Bo Davis for years, it feels like. Every time there's been an opening, well, Bo Davis, Bo Davis, Bo Davis. It could be real this time. That could happen. But I don't want anybody to roll their eyes or be dismissive of Mike McIntyre if he does get the job. Do I think he's going to get the job right now if you made me bet? Yes. But I could be completely wrong. I don't pretend to know exactly what's going through Lane Kiffin's head. He's not going to talk about staff, publicly or privately. He's going to go do the work. I like that. Bradley Sal coming up right now on the Modern Women phone line. What does he think about the hire of Lane Kiffin? Did Ole Miss need this type of jolt to bring the program back, to bring its fans back? Did they need the galvanizing hire, as Keith Carter described Lane Kiffin on Monday? Good friend of the program, and he's coming up in just a second. But first, let me tell you about the Lamar. Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood in Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you an innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe you'll get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build-out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one-bedroom, two-bedroom. Whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot, the only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. 
The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. At Cheney's, Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman currently with the Chicago Bears and fresh off an ass beating of my Dallas Cowboys. Brad, my friend, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> Not much, man. Just um, we're kind of trying to figure it out here down the stretch. We got three games left. We got to win them all to make the playoffs. So, Cowboys happened to be in the way last week. Sorry about that. So we had to we had to check that one off. When Mitch Trubisky either runs or throws for one of his touchdowns, I lost count. It cuts over to the sidelines, and there's Brad, number eighty-five, just fist pumping to the sky, to the heavens. You're a hell of a hype man. Absolutely, man. Freaking hype. <laughs> Any chance I get, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go crazy with it on the side. I gotta support my teammates, man. It's, um, it's a short, it's a short, it can be a short career. So you gotta have fun while you're out there doing it, man. How good are the hands right now? And why haven't you gotten a throw yet? Um, I mean, they're, they're good. They're, they're always available, but you know, sometimes in the league, you gotta wait your turn. And, um, I, I get in there on a lot of the blocking stuff. And, um, right now that that's the role I've been given. So, um, I mean, I got to embrace that role and be thankful and be grateful for that role. So if you do catch a touchdown, are you going to do a train type of motion for lane train? You excited for this? I don't, I don't know, man. I may, yeah, I may, um, yeah, I may, I may, may throw something in there. I'm pretty pumped up about the new hire and, um, yeah, that's, that's actually a good idea. I may do that if I score. Lane Kiffin interrupted the college football playoff selection show on Sunday to be interviewed. He brings that name. He brings that immediate attention does that matter? Is that something that Ole Miss needed right now? Absolutely, man. I mean, um, you know, after all the stuff they've been through over the years, um, the last couple of years of the probation, and then, you know, honestly, Coach Luke handled that as best he could handle it. And, um, you know, at some point it's time to, you know, you just need a whole new energy, a whole new um, whole new look. And I think that's what, what, what Ole Miss got in, in this hire. And, um, you know, if nothing else, everybody's pretty excited to see what what's about to happen in the next three years, and um, that's that's just what our program needed, in my opinion. So, for you, when you heard it was Lane Kiffin, what was the immediate reaction, and how would you evaluate where he is now as a head coach and what he can be at Ole Miss, and what's the fit like in your opinion? Well, the first thing I thought was looking over at the sideline back when we were playing them in Oxford, and it was him and Coach O standing there, and I was trying to think about what Dexter McCluster did that day. But, um, yeah, that's, that's actually my first thought. But after that, I was pretty pumped up after I looked and seen what he did, um, did after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I have a hot take for you. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Bringing in Lane Kiffin is the biggest Ole Miss football move since landing Eli Manning. No doubt. I mean, um, credit to Keith Carter, man, going out there and, and taking the bold move. Um, he could have easily went the route, the safe route, and try to find a guy who who he was he was guessing would, would would turn into a good coach. But you know, he went out there with a bang, and um, you know, credit to him. I mean, that was that was a huge huge hire, and um, you know, it's it's got Ole Miss pretty excited. And I'm pretty glad to live there now. So that's 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 gonna be be fun to witness. Are you gonna have season tickets? Can you afford to have season tickets? I know you can afford it. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about you're in season. Is it pointless to have season tickets? Do you just buy for whatever game you can go to? Yeah, that's what I'd have to do for now. But I'm at some point in my life, I'm gonna my whole family, all six of us will have um, will have season tickets to Ole Miss for for life. That's one thing that my dad always um, made sure that we had growing up. And um, whether that whether that was the last thing we had to buy, but um, you know, my my kids will always have a have a set of season tickets to go see Ole Miss if they like. I know what the answer is going to be. 
but you can only buy one set of season tickets for the rest of your life. Ole Miss baseball, Ole Miss football, Ole Miss basketball. Where are you going? Oh, man, baseball and football, that would that'd be tough. Um, I, I'd have to choose football. I mean, I'm, I'm a football guy, but um, I love baseball there too. So, I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a close tie. You know this place better than pretty much anyone. So if you could give Lane Kiffin one piece of advice on how to navigate and be successful at Ole Miss, what would it be? I would say, um, you know, you need, you need to take over the state in recruiting. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to go outside of um, outside of Mississippi and get players, and that's fine. Um, you know, I'm definitely all for that. But, well, you want to have players that are, um, you know, love love the university and love, um, love playing at Ole Miss because when it comes to, you know, fighting for the state it's a lot easier to do it with a bunch of Mississippi kids and um, you got you got to dominate state recruiting and then then get whatever you can from outside the outside of Mississippi but I'm a huge fan of um, making it a Mississippi team. Ed Orgeron made Ole Miss's recruiting go nationally. Hugh Freeze for a couple of years made Ole Miss recruiting go nationally. Lane's going to have that same approach when you're dealing with that you're hosting kids from an Ed Orgeron staff or from a Hugh Freeze staff, and they're bringing in a guy from California. You've been on those hosting visit weekends. What do you say to him? How do you sell Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, you just you just tell him you think you focus on the tradition of the school, and and it's a man when you when you play football at Ole Miss, it is it is. I tell people all the time, it was harder to play at Ole Miss than it was in the NFL. That's how serious it is down there, and that's how much people love it. Um, Ole Miss means a lot to a lot of people, and it's not just a come there and hee hee ha ha kind of thing. It's you know, it's serious business when you come be an Ole Miss Rebel, and um, you know some people can take the pressure, some people can't. But it's um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you're selling it to to an out out of stater, you know, they they got to realize that that they're coming to a place where where football is everything, and um, it's going to be a serious job. Can we both acknowledge this is the most non Ole Miss hire ever? Yeah, it's a, there, there's not a not a not a big ties to um, to Mississippi in the, in the hire. Um, it's it's definitely it's, it's a it's a different different deal for Ole Miss right here, and I'm I'm excited to see the um, you know how how it works out for us. Look, I know you've had some reservations. You and I have talked. We can't completely ignore those reservations. What are you most concerned about? What does Lane Kiffin have to do as far as whatever the concerns might be for you to get this train rolling and make Ole Miss a successful football program again? You know, I think I think if he shows the maturity, you know, shows shows that he's he's a different coach. Um, that that would help out with a lot, for especially with a lot of fans who are questioning him. But um, you know, he's he's no different than anybody else. You know, he's he's been through experiences and he's grown from his experiences. And um, you know, I think another big thing for him is he's got to put together a really good staff that can recruit and um, you know that, that's competitive staff that that knows what they're doing because. I mean, you're going to have to go against Alabama and some good, some good schools. Obviously, he knows that in recruiting, and you're going to have to have guys that know how to get those guys away from them schools. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all 100% on board. I'm excited to see what he's going to do up there. Pure speculation, but as we're recording this, a picture surfaces from our friend Bunky Perkins. On Twitter, of Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin having dinner at the Downtown Grill in Oxford, Mississippi on Tuesday night. Help me make sense of why he's here. I don't know. I mean, my, my only guess would be they have the same agent and maybe, you know, Lane, Lane maybe reaching out to him to grab some advice of, Hey, how'd you handle everything? Um, you know, with, with little, little, little things around the, around the building. So, um, you know, I'm sure it was nothing, nothing to it other than, you know, them just getting together, maybe discussing how, how it went for Hugh and what, what he could do, you know, to give him some advice. So that would be my only guess. I wouldn't know any other reason why he would be down there. Why is he here? Maybe he's telling Lane, hey, look out for that Ben Garrett. I don't know what his core values are. That's what he said to me one time. David Brandt, too. I don't know what he would be here for. He just signed a contract extension with Liberty. It's just bizarre. Do you think the optics are bad, or is it much ado about nothing? If I had to guess, that they, would, they wouldn't have wanted that picture to go public. <laughs> so um, whoever snapped the picture, I'm sure that they were trying to be pretty discreet about it, but I mean, I'm sure it's just a friendly meeting to to talk about. I mean, I'm sure Lane's just trying to gather some what what he went through when he was coaching here or something like that. I mean, I wouldn't read too much into it. What are your feelings on Hugh Freeze now that you've had some distance from his tenure at Ole Miss? Um, you know, he, he was he was the guy that recruited me, so um, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased towards him. I I, I still think a lot of him. I think he, you know, obviously made some mistakes when he was here, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to see him going on doing doing well at Liberty and, and hopefully he gets his life together up there and, and does well there. I, 
I have no ill feelings towards him because I wasn't up there when all the all the stuff was going on. All I remember him as is the guy that was re- wide receivers coach at Ole Miss that was that came into my school, came to my house and recruited me. And um, I always liked him. He's he's the one that actually offered me. So um, you know, I, I got I'm a little bit partial to him. So really, Hugh Freeze could do nothing to make you not like him. No, I mean I'm really indifferent on it. I, you know, obviously I wish wish things would end up a little different at Ole Miss. It kind of sucked to see all that happen, but. Um, as far as a person, man, I mean, uh, I, I, I totally, I totally like him. I really do. I really did when I was there. That, that's the only way I remember him. That's the thing. I was, I was there so long ago. Only way I remember him as a, as a cool coach. So yeah, I wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't see him much whenever he was the head coach. What was he like as a recruiter when he extended you that offer? What was the conversation like? He was, I just thought he was really down to earth. Just a good dude. Um, you know, he's kind of told you how it was and, um, he just reminded me, I mean, obviously he's from, from not too far from me. So, I mean, he's reminded me of one of the guys that, that I grew up around. So I'm also just really thankful that they gave me an offer because at the time I, I think they, they viewed me more as a project and, you know, I was glad he actually believed in me and gave me an offer down there. We'll get right back to former Ole Miss offensive lineman Bradley Sal after this brief word on Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's Christmas time, the best time of the year. Time to celebrate with family and friends and maybe just treat yourself or significant other to your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. And there's only one place to stop, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And there's no better time to go. It's year-end clearance time, which means you can save big, big money. They're closing out old models for the new 2020s coming in, so head on over to 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger and Oxford and go get the new Ram 1500, the 2500, a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, a Dodge Charger, a Chrysler Pacifica. That's in my garage right now. Purchased where? At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Cenotopia, and Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. At Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory, and when the time comes for you to drive home in your next car, maybe wrap a bow on top of it, their auto finance team will be standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. They truly have every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how can they best serve you? So give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or the address, once more, 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. So how much longer are you going to go NFL-wise? I don't know, man. I'm going to play until they kick me out. Um, you know, if Ole Miss called and wanted to hire me now, I, I maybe could, maybe would consider it. But, um, you know, obviously they ain't going to reach out to me. But, um, yeah, at, at, at some point I'd like to get involved with Ole Miss. But, um, you know, until then I'm just going to play until they kick me out, I think. I'm, I'm still rolling. Do you want to coach or do you want to go into administration? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I would do either, honestly. I mean, I've played long enough to probably coach if I, if I wanted to. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously I just love the university. You know, I've, I was raised an Ole Miss fan and um means a lot to me. So, you know, honestly, at some point I'd like to get up there and, and get involved. But <clears throat> we'll see in the future if anything ever transpires. I tell you, you can be one of the athletics director at Ole Miss or you can be the head football coach. Which are you taking? I'd be the line coach. So I'd say I'd, I would want the head coaching job right away. I don't know, I have a lot of experience, but I could step in and be the line coach in a heartbeat. But really, the AD job you could hold for longer. I'm just saying, coaching is volatile. Yeah, I know, but I feel like I feel like you need to work in the in the office to be the AD to kind of see how everything's ran for a little while. <laughs> but you can just step in and do that one. But it'd be nice for me if you were the AD. Yeah, I, I, would, I guess I would just let you make all the hires. I yeah. would blame everything on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't give uh, Matt Luke the buyout that he got. I think he's getting $166,000 a month for 48 months. I wouldn't do that. No offense to Matt. Congratulations on the new job. That's a great gig. But Yeah. <laughs> you can't hate him. You can't hate him for it. I mean, who wouldn't take that? Hell I no. Mean, I'm happy for Matt. <laughs> I'm uh, happy for Matt. I hope he enjoys it. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wouldn't go jump right back into football. I'd probably be in the Bahamas by now. Okay, so last thing on Lane Kiffin. 
if you had to grade the hire overall, what would you grade it? I mean, I, I think it depends on what you're looking at it as. If you're looking at excitement, they knock it out of the park. You know, just just from just from getting the fan base back, the football part of it, we we don't you won't know. I mean, you know, we have a good reputation. He, um, as far as you know, being a smart offensive play caller, all that stuff. You know, he's a solid football coach. If you, I was just looking at some of his records. I mean, it wasn't like he was he was getting losing records at the schools um, that he was at before he got let go or anything. I mean, he, he's he's a winning football coach. So, um, you know, he's a solid football coach. We, I think we, we won't know. With, as far as the football side of it, until he gets out there and, and we see what he can do. I mean, it's all toss-up. He's in the SEC. You don't know what other schools are going to be like. You don't know what recruits he's going to bring in. You know, they're going to have to give us give this guy some time. You know, that it's going to be it's going to take some time to get to get where we want to get. I'm going to pose this question to Colin Brister, my co-host, but I'll ask you first. Over under 34 wins for Lane Kiffin in his four years. That's what Hugh Freeze had. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be close. I think, I think the first couple of years are going to be tough for Lane just from the fact that we're still trying to build this thing through recruiting. Um, I think Hugh stepped in where there, we had a little bit more talent when Hugh got here um, than we have with, 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 you know, Lane's coming. They were just a year removed from not even being a good bowl game. So I think it's going to take a little while for him to get some, you know, get the, the, the solid recruits in there that we need. So, I mean, I think the first couple of years are going to be, if if he wins in those years, he's he's the real deal. So, I think I think that that's going to be the, the only problem. If you were buying stock in John Rice Plumley, Matt Corral, or Grant Tisdale as the quarterback moving forward, who are you going with? Um, I mean, honestly, I I would go Plumley. I think he has a special talent. Um, I think you can develop his throwing, and also I think if you get the right coordinator, you can do you can put that kid in, in good situations where it's it's easier throws, but. A guy with with feet like that, I watch I watch Auburn. I don't know if they won the national title or dang near won the national title with Nick Marshall at quarterback. Same kind of deal. I mean, he was the average star, but he could run. And um, I mean, in college football, a guy that can run like that, I'm taking Plumley all day. And I'm, I mean, you got you got Snoop Connor, you got um, Ely. I mean, those three those three together, that's that's your core right there. So. I think you build off those three and um, you try to keep adding to that. And I mean, I, I'm rolling with Plumley. You gonna be back with Bears next year? You had talks yet? I don't know. I don't know yet. You usually you usually don't talk about that until March. We usually go over contracts stuff in March. So I'd like to continue with the Bears, but um, you know, obviously, so much stuff goes into that, and you don't know who else likes you. You don't know who else wants you. I mean, it's it's a that's a whole that's a whole another another process. I was gonna come visit you when the Cowboys played in Chicago. The Cowboys quickly made me not want to come. Not because I didn't want to see you. You know, you're my boy, but the Cowboys suck. Dude, they're first, they're first place in the division. Why would you not want to see a first place <sighs> division team? I mean, they're sitting there six and seven at first place. You've got to come watch them, right? <laughs> ah, but there was no guarantee I'd be able to see you afterwards, you know. We could go get a beer or something. And just, no, I'm good. Yeah, dude, I had you. I mean, I had you a fresh front row seat for that if you wanted it. <laughs> fresh front row seat for that ass whipping well now i feel bad because now I don't, I don't even care if they lose if i had a front row seat what the hell am i doing come on man you know you always got the you always got the offer okay all right you always got the offer all right i'm coming up soon and uh we're gonna have to hang out let's do it he's bradley sal former Ole miss offensive lineman future Ole miss ad offensive line coach i don't know we'll see thanks buddy <sighs> appreciate it man that was former Ole Miss offensive lineman, current Chicago Bear, Bradley Sal. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. When you do, leave that five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available on SoundCloud, just simply search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Another bit of staff news, as reported on the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, the food of 247 Sports. Brennan Chapman is back. There was a heavy push for him from Mississippi State. 
There's a grand plan for Mississippi State's Joe Moorhead to not only hire away Brennan Chapman, but Derek Nix and Jacob Peeler. Go hire the three best Mississippi recruiters from your Mississippi rival. It's a bold play. Don't be surprised if Jacob Peeler ends up at Mississippi State. But Brennan Chapman, he's back. And Tyler Siski, I think he's back too. And if you retain your recruiting operations, this transition class has the potential to not be as tough as typical transition classes are. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Brennan, and, and I've said this before, uh, you know, Matt Luke got a lot of dismay from fans about what was going on on the field. I think Matt was doing a lot of good stuff from a program building standpoint away from the field. And Brennan Chapman and Tyler Siski certainly uh, played a played a large role in that. So it's good to see those guys retained. I think they were doing a good job and, and I think they'll continue to do a good job. Like you said, uh, Brennan, obviously, that the overtures from Mississippi State um, and, and Peeler are likely to end up in Starkville. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But those guys being retained, I, I mean, look, like we said earlier, Lane Kiffin should do exactly what he thinks is, is in the best interest of Ole Miss football. But I think it was a wise decision to keep those guys on staff after the relationship that they've uh, managed to have with th- this recruiting class. I'm still hearing Jeff Levy for offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. That could change. Kendall Bryles, also a candidate for quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. Maybe both. Those are names that are just out there. I know Lane, if he could get him, would certainly want to bring Kendall in here. So I know Ole Miss fans would love that. They've floated that name countless times before. So Charlie Weiss Jr., I expect to be added to the staff in some capacity, maybe as tight ends coach. Derek Nix is going to be the special teams coach. I wonder if he's going to have a different position coach title because he's already brought in Kevin Smith as his running backs coach. Kevin was his running backs coach at FAU. He's the one that developed Devin Singletary, who's already putting on a show for the Buffalo Bills. So he wants his guy. He's got his guy. Wilson loves his strength and conditioning coach, also comes over from FAU. So you've seen two, but there are a lot more to go. And I know that Keith put in the contract a very strong assistant bonus pool. $5.3 million for his 10 on-field assistants. That would rank, according to the latest data, which came in 2018, 7th in the SEC, but 14th in the country. And that's competitive. It was crazy. A month and a half ago, we were told that Ole Miss doesn't have the money to do this type stuff. And all of a sudden, they start losing football games, and they found it. Look, you win in this league, and, and Kiffin flat out said it. You don't win in this league by being a good coach. You win this league by being good recruiters and, and having good assistants to go get players. And it looks like Keith has afforded them the opportunity to find those good coaches that can go out and get good players so that they can bring them in and win football games. So it's nice to see that Ole Miss is, is willing to pay what they need to uh, in, in the marketplace to be able to bring in the guys that they need to. $2.2 million for support staff. That's a big number. Maybe 70000 of that can be committed to C.J. Johnson, get him back. He was with yeah. Lane at Florida Atlantic for a little bit. Bring him back, put him in the uh, ops office somewhere. Give him $70,000, just watch him go recruit. Look, Lane Kiffin's going to do what he wants to do, and if you're an Ole Miss fan, let him do it. Let me ask this. Uh, we were talking about the support staff. Does that like include like analysts and stuff yes. like that? You can have as many of those as you want, right? Yes. Analysts, video, player personnel, strength and conditioning, all that stuff. That's support staff. Go out and be Alabama and hire 30 of them. <laughs> Might as well. Had Feinbaum talking about on Tuesday saying he believes Lane Kiffin will be the first Nick Saban disciple to knock off Nick Saban. Yeah, that's kind of music to Ole Miss fans' ears. And you've got plenty of Nick Saban disciples with this Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart. I think Lane's going to be the first dude that kind of, you know, absorbs what Saban preached from a program-building standpoint and kind of add his own flair onto things. It feels like Pruitt and, and Smart especially just kind of want to do the exact same thing that Nick Saban did, be the kind of hard guy and, and all that. I feel like Kiffin's going to add his own touch onto things and, and while implementing some of the things that Saban did. He kind of mentioned it with – having old school principles and a new school mentality that he's not going to do things the way they've always been done just because that's how they've always been done. So I think that was kind of exciting to hear too, if you're an Ole Miss fan. When I heard him mention sabermetrics and analytics, <laughs> of course it got me excited. You know how I'm a saber nerd, but I immediately thought of you, dude. You want to know what I did last night? I went and researched all of Lane Kiffin's fourth and threes on like plus territory. He punted one time in three years at Florida Atlantic, and that was to end the half. So if Ole Miss has got the ball fourth and three or less on, in plus territory, get ready, boys, because they're going. That makes my heart so full. <laughs> I don't want to knock Matt Luke. Matt Luke also just took the job as the offensive line coach and associate head coach for Georgia. Back in the game already. Congrats to Matt. That's a great gig. 
and also puts him back in line to potentially get another head coaching job down the line. Good for him. But Matt was very conservative in his three years. Didn't matter what the numbers said. He was kicking field goals. He was not going to go 40 if they didn't make it on third down. He wasn't going to go for two to try to win a game. The Egg Bowl this year, when they scored, and Elijah picked up his leg and peed, and, well, fake peed, sorry. Now here we are. Matt Luke wasn't going to go for two. Makes no sense to me. You're a four and seven team. At best, yeah. you're going to finish five and seven and go to a bowl via the APR. Why are you not trying to win the game right then and there? Yeah. But he wasn't going to go for it. He's going to kick the field goal regardless. Yeah, and you have the fourth and one. And Vanderbilt last year, we kicked the field goal. I mean, I'm the fourth and one at A&M last year when you're down three that you wind up missing. I mean, you're kicking these field goals with a kicker that's not exactly proven to be consistent, but that's a whole other topic. But even then, percentage-wise, you should be yes. going for it. Correct, and then that's, that's even more reason to go for it. And just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of exciting for guys, I guess, like you and me that are kind of analytics nerds where he's not going to shy away from it if it says I'm supposed to be going and the analytics say you're supposed to be going for a lot more fourth downs than what you do this guy's going to probably follow them to a T a lot of old GOBs are going to have their heads explode when he goes for it on fourth and three instead of kicking a 40 yarder man I saw look I don't want to get too far into this but there was a situation and and I I mean it was kind of interesting to me uh, he was up two points on his 35-yard line, fourth and one, uh, with about a minute and a half left. If he gets the if he gets the yard, they win the game. If they don't, the other team's in prime position to score and go win the game. My man went for it and was able to kneel out the clock on his own 35-yard line. What happened? He won. <laughs> exactly. He, he got went with the math, and math doesn't lie. Sometimes the percentage, the lower percentage, wins. But the math, for the most part, doesn't lie. You go with the percentages. And they say that in the majority of those situations, you're going to come out successful. It's just polar opposite of Matt Luke in every way, shape, and form. From philosophy on the field to off-the-field behavior, everything is completely opposite of Matt Luke. I know that Ole Miss honed in on six coaches in that search. Six. And I feel comfortable saying Mike Norvell, of course Lane Kiffin, he got hired. (laughs) But Drinkwich, Will Healy... Jeff Scott, sixth name, I don't even think it's Billy Napier. Billy Napier, from my understanding, didn't really engage any schools. All the information we were getting was that Billy Napier was in this, was the number three. I think the number three was Drinkwich, who's getting (laughs) paid comfortably by Missouri. Actually, in his first year, he's going to make more than Lane Kiffin in his first year at Ole Miss, who's getting $3.9 million. Yeah, you know, obviously I want to get in Missouri's search. That's uh, that other chance to blow up, and they hired a good football coach, so good on them. but yeah, it's uh, look, Keith kind of had his, his clear cut one and two. And I think, you know, if you had gotten past the one and two, it had been kind of a reset. They'd have had to figure out what they were going to do. I think they would have pivoted to Drinkwich, not okay. Napier. And I think Ole Miss fans would have been okay with that. But here's yeah. the deal Mike Norvell was the guy going into the search. It didn't get serious with Lane Kiffin until Wednesday when all of that reporting, I posted that update at like 8 30 in the morning on Wednesday. It was getting serious then. They had a phone conversation that day. He flew to Boca Raton on Thursday. After practice that afternoon, he sat down with Lane Kiffin for at least three hours. And they talked about everything. And now Lane Kiffin's the head coach, and he's building a staff, and he's recruiting. It's been wild. What is the hiring of Lane Kiffin comparable to? And what Uh, I mean is the significance of it. For me, it's Bruce Pearl at Auburn. Yeah, man, that's such a good comparison because you talk about a culture change. You talk about a university being invested in winning. And and I'm not making jokes there with, you know, obviously some of the problems they've had at Auburn. They're invested in winning in basketball. And it kind of feels like if you're an Ole Miss fan, for the first time when they make a hire, they're committed to winning at a high level. Who does this sound like? Bit of a checkered pass, went to a program struggling, made them nationally relevant immediately without even coaching in a game. Like a light switch for that particular program, it's Lane Kiffin and Bruce Pearl. Lane Kiffin interrupted the college football playoff selection show so they could interview him. This is a big deal. And of all the guys in the SEC, all the coaches, as well as P.J. Fleck, James Franklin, Day, Cristobal, Lane Kiffin has the second largest Twitter following of any active college football coach. I know Twitter is not real life, but in this age of social media, where players control their own messaging, mostly on Twitter, that does matter. Perception is reality to a lot of these 17 and 8 year old kids. 
what they see on Twitter is real life. Whereas, you know, if you're more of a 25, 26, 27 year old, maybe it's not. But for these 17 and 18 year olds, it is. And, and that's what matters. You're not trying to recruit the 25 and 26 year olds to come play football at Ole Miss. You're trying to recruit the 17 and 18 year olds. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that does matter to an extent, uh, along with he's kind of funny on there. Bottom line, as he mentioned in his public introduction, he's blending old and new school in every facet of his program, pulling Ole Miss into the modern era of college football. It's fun. Over under 34 wins in his first four seasons. That's what Freeze had. Hold on here. Are we counting bowl games or just regular season? Overall, 34 wins. I'm going to say over. Here's the reason. Look, there's always a boost when you have the first year coach and all that. I mean, Houston Nutt doesn't win six games in 2012. And frankly, I don't know if you freeze win six in 2017. I think you get guys that just play a lot harder for the first year head coach. I would have said that Matt Luke was going to win six games this coming up year. I think Lane may win seven. And if he pulls an upset, possibly eight. Obviously, you know, you can call me a homer or whatever. I think this guy's going to do great things for the University of Mississippi. If he wins eight games next year or seven games next year, I think he wins more the next year, and I think it just keeps rolling. Look, whoever was the head coach, it's going to be tough to avoid a two and five start. So I don't want anybody to think that seven wins, six wins is all of a sudden a slam dunk because of Lane Kiffin, but six and six with Lane Kiffin compared to six and six with Billy Napier or even Eli Drinkwich, who I like, the excitement level is not the same. It's just not. You're not the same national brand that you are today simply because of who Lane Kiffin is. There's already a narrative out there in the online Alabama community that Kiffin is going to be the replacement for Nick Saban at Alabama once he steps away. If that's the case, Ole Miss has won a lot of games, certainly more than 34, so your over would hit. And if you're an Ole Miss fan worried about how long Lane Kiffin's going to be here, who cares? If he wins, you're going to be in a better position than you've been in in your last two coaching searches. And here are the numbers. Hugh Freeze lasted five years. Houston Nutt lasted four. Orgeron lasted three. Cut lasted six. Tuberville lasted four. Most likely, Lane Kiffin isn't going to be here forever. The buyout is supposed to be pretty large. I don't know that number, but Lane Kiffin said it's large. I'm working to get that number. But so what if you're Ole Miss? If he leaves, he leaves. The most important thing is winning games. And if he ends up being, as Alabama fans believe, the replacement for Saban at Alabama, he's won a lot. I'm glad the overall hire process coaching search is done. That angle of it is done. Now you can focus on the recruiting and the staff. That's more David Johnson, Yancey Porter's territory. I can focus on more basketball. Obviously, I'll chime in with some staff stuff, but it's just nice to finally get back to normal. And now the new normal (laughs) is Lane Kiffin. I guess we're uh, kind of wrapping up. Basketball team going to be okay? I don't know if they're going to be all right yet. Now the schedule has softened. Middle, they should win that game. Going into Christmas, Selah, you're going to beat these teams. Wichita yeah. State's going to be a tough one. But you had four opportunities against quality NCAA tournament teams, and you won one of them. I don't know yet. I don't know if Ole Miss is going to be okay. We do know that Devontae Shuler and Brian Tyree have to be better. And yes. they were better against Cal State Bakersfield. But that game was a one-point game at one point. Yeah, that thing got way too tight for Ole Miss to have had the lead they had in the first half. I think there's still some signs there that worry you. Um, you know, Devontae obviously played better. Brian played better. We'll see. I think there's some signs that if you want to be concerned, though, kind of got every right to be. So, No, uh, yeah, I think so, too. Defensively, they don't seem as, I don't know if engaged is the word, but certainly not as dogged in their approach. Maybe that has to do with Devontae and Brian allowing offensive struggles to bleed into their defense. But Ole Miss is always going to start, as far as its success, with how well it's playing defense. But I think Ole Miss is going to look completely different come SEC play. And yeah. I still think that this team's going to win 10 SEC games. And if you win 10 SEC games, you're in the tournament. You know, it's funny, and I completely agree. If you win 10 SEC games, no matter what you're doing, as long as you don't bomb the non-league, you're going right. to be okay. Devontae Shuler, I, was, I just kind of remember this. I don't guess we talked about basketball since the Butler game. The kid that uh, went for 37 on Ole Miss from Butler, I think Baldwin was his name. Devontae Shuler guarded that cat about as good as you could guard him, and dude still went for 37. Devontae is an elite, I think when he wants to be, is an elite perimeter defender. I kind of felt bad for him that day because he's taking good shots, the ball's not going in, and I thought he was guarding Baldwin about as good as you possibly could, and Baldwin couldn't miss. So sometimes it just kind of feels like when you get in a slump like this, nothing goes your way. Kermit said the exact same thing. That kid was making some tough shots. End of the shot clock 
tough shots. And Devontae was guarding him, guarding him well. But they were going in. You tip your cap to him. I don't blame Butler on Devontae at all. Because Devontae no. had open shots. They didn't go in. And he played really strong defense. He didn't allow those offensive struggles to bleed onto the other side of this court. He guarded that kid well. But that kid still put up points. <laughs> he was just getting buckets. There's nothing Devontae could do. When you look at the last game against Cal State Bakersfield, there were some encouraging signs for Devontae. 15 points is a good step in the right direction. They shot 58% from the floor. Far and away, the best offensive performance of the last five games. I think in the four games before that, they shot no better than 41%. Yeah, offensively, it's been a struggle. And they could have gone 0 for 4. Remember, that win was against Penn State when they were down 21 and fought back. Yeah. I don't want to call it a fluke, but... Penn State didn't score for the last eight minutes of the game or didn't hit a field goal for the last eight minutes of the game, man. I think we're having an entirely different discussion if that comeback doesn't happen. Oh, of course you are. But on paper, whether you came back from 21 or just hung on for dear life, it's just a win. The yep. NCAA Tournament Selection Committee doesn't look at your resume and go, oh, you barely beat Penn State. You had about They don't do that. Now they're going to see an ugly 41-point loss to Oklahoma State. That counts in your net, so... That's ugly. I think they were 71st in Ken Palm's rankings on Saturday. I haven't checked since then. What have I been preoccupied with? (laughs) But they were 71st. That means you're still still there. You're still right there in the discussion. What is this team missing? I don't know if it's missing anything because I've been asked that a lot. What is this team missing? I don't think it's necessarily missing anything so much as it's pretty much a new roster. Yeah, you know, Terrence Davis was really good. Uh, there's a reason he's back. Yeah, and you had an NBA player at the three, yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's a reason that the Raptors are letting him play a whole lot. Uh, he's playing well, by the way. But, yeah, I mean, look, this team's going to take some time to jail. And you, you add into the fact that, frankly, Brian and Devontae weren't playing extremely well. And and, and let me just, let's just be clear. We've said this before. If those dudes don't play well, I mean, you almost got no shot. No. Uh, so, they start playing well let's gauge them then and see what it looks like because like we said they don't play well Ole Miss isn't going anywhere because you've seen flashes that Hadeem's coming around yes Austin yeah. Crowley's taking good shots they're going to start going in Bryce Williams has had his moments that you can see it you can see it Sammy Hunter same thing you can see it a little bit worried about him though man he got Sam- here in August he's got the longest leash yeah. of anybody for me sure sure it just feels like the kid's being a little timid but you expect that when he didn't have any offseason whatsoever. He sure. was just dumped into practices, and now he's playing nope. in games. He's basically relying on pure talent at this point, and the talent's there. Yeah. yeah. Where's Franco Miller? Where's Carlos Curry? Where's Dude? Dude hadn't been around for a while. Dude feels like the guy that, uh, look, he can give him something this year. It feels like he's a guy that maybe that a year or two he's going to be able to give him a lot more. The other two you mentioned, I'm not sure they're going to be here next year. You said it, not me, but as far as Dude goes, He's going to be a good program guy. Yeah. He'll be here for four years. He's going to contribute every once in a while. Maybe get into the starting lineup a couple of times. It's going to be hard this year, obviously, but I could see that. I could see that for Plays him. hard. Yeah. Plays real hard. Plays really hard. So how do you grade Lane Kiffin's higher arrival introduction? It's hard to give it anything less than an A for me. Yeah, I mean, the higher is an A+. Plus. Um, you know, you can debate Mike Nordell and Lane Kiffin, who the better football coach is, all you want. That's fine. I have my opinion. I think Kiffin's better, but, you know, I'm not going to argue if you think Norvell's better. From a fan engagement standpoint, man, and, and I think that matters. Um, how do you give this less than an A plus? That's the thing. If it was Mike Norvell, he doesn't generate the same level of coverage and national exposure that Lane Kiffin does. I told Keith Carter straight up, and he laughed. Didn't say anything in response. He just laughed. I said, you just made the most non-Ole Miss hire ever. (laughs) There was a lot of bad rumors going around. No one was trying to block anything. Now, did they share their thoughts and their concerns? Yes, and Keith listened. But anything about blocking or whatever, eh, that wasn't real. Keith still had to have some stones to make a non-Ole Miss hire like this. Whether he wants to acknowledge it or not, he had to have some stones. I would argue. This is the most significant Ole Miss football development since Ole Miss committed to Eli Manning. I don't disagree. Cause, and, and, and I kind of said that on Sunday. It's just because of what you stood to lose. If you go out and hire the boring Ole Miss hire, you're going to lose this under 40 fan base. And you don't get those guys back you know, unless things go extraordinarily well. So from a what they stood to lose standpoint, you couldn't convince me otherwise. Yeah. I wonder if Eli Drinkwich would have 
generated a lot of excitement. I think it would have for Ole Miss's base, but sure, I think Ole Miss needed more. I think Keith saw that too. You yeah. needed just an immediate jolt of excitement. 4,000 people showed up at the pavilion on a Monday at 1 o'clock. Here's a question for you. How many fans showed up for the Grove over the last two years? Combined. Ooh, uh, 12,000? 13,000? I was there last year. It didn't feel like a lot. I would say that's generous. I would argue that 4,000 showing up just to publicly welcome Lane Kiffin was more than those two spring games combined. What do you think the spring attendance is going to be for the Grove Bowl? I could see 15,000. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, whatever freezes when freeze was going to peach bowls and sugar bowls. I think it'll be more than that. (laughs) Goodness gracious. No matter what Hugh Freeze did, he didn't generate this same kind of pop. Man, if you could get it on a big baseball weekend, too, to get folks into town. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard to schedule that Grove Bowl around a baseball weekend and sell beer at half off for the Grove Bowl. Let's actually pull it up here. I'm I'm doing that now. They always want to have it in April, right? Yeah. You could do it against Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt would be a national champion, number one baseball team in the country. So you do it that weekend, you'll have a good crowd. Perfect. <laughs> Half off beer. <laughs> Half off don't... beer is not insignificant. You get people in seats for beer. Yes, you can. Remember all those people that are like, oh, no, I already see enough drunks. At Ole Miss and in the Grove and in the stadium. They sell beer. Look what it's done for you. By the way, I got a ticket. I had a garage media pass. The guy was standing there, the security dude, waved me in, parked in the garage for the announcement or introduction, whatever you want to call it for Lane Kiffin, and I still got a ticket from UPD. Why do I tell you this story? It was for $100. Am I going to pay it? No. No. But $100 plus all the revenue from beer? Ole Miss might be making a little bit more money than we anticipated. Now, that money for the UPD and, and traffic tickets, that doesn't go to athletics, but you get what I'm saying. What did they give you a $100 ticket for? Like, What was the reason? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I had my garage pass. I was waved in by the security guy. I mean, I'll go sit in front of a judge. I'll tell him, wait a second. I was told I could park here. The dude allowed me in. It isn't my fault that your Nazi UPD guys came walking in and gave me a ticket. <laughs> oh, God. Do not miss uh, the traffic control people. Oh, my that. God. They took their job seriously. Oh, good for I would, too. I would, too. It's a job. I respect that they have a job to do, and they sure. probably get it from everybody. I remember one oh, time. Man. This is a true story. I had gotten a bunch of tickets. I didn't want to pay the 100 bucks to get a parking pass to park all year on campus. Yeah. But if you get three and you're parked and caught again, you're probably going to get a boot. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I had outstanding tickets still on file for UPD. And so I come out of the sports information office after working one day, and I got a boot on my car. And I'm furious, just absolutely furious. And the guy who was giving away the tickets was right there. Uh Uh-oh. I come out, and I just start in on him, just yelling at him. And he was nice as he could be. He's like, man, it's not my fault. You shouldn't have parked here. i am just got a job to do. This isn't me. I'm just being as rude as possible. It's horrible. I feel bad to this day. Terrible to this person as possible. He says, if you need a ride to the UPD parking office to pay everything off and to get the boot removed, I'll be glad to give you a lift. I'm like, thank you, guy. (laughs) And I'm just cussing and mad and yelling. Sit down with him. I started to calm down. We're riding over there. I said, look, man, it's, I know you, you got a job to do. It's not you. It's just the whole thing's frustrating. And I said, no, nah, I apologize, man. I said, my name's Ben. He went, oh, I know who you are. I went, wait, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'm a subscriber to the Ole Miss Spirit. <laughs> <sighs> I hope you got him some free months or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, went, oh, geez, man. Dude, go on the board and tell him how much of a shithead I am. I'm so sorry. But even if you weren't a subscriber, I acted horribly. It's not your fault. I should have known. That's the chance you take. So I, I feel bad for those guys and girls. Do you, do you have to guard yourself out in public? Because, I mean, obviously you've got a decent following on Twitter and, and obviously right for the Ole Miss spirit. Do you have to guard yourself in case, you know, people know you out in public anymore? Only when I go to Starkville. That's <laughs> true. Go out to the Cotton District there. you gotta be got to be low-key. I've never uh, had a good experience with Starkville, um, even when I wasn't doing this. 
One oh, time wow. I was out in the student section with a couple of my buddies, and we were raising hell, and they were talking shit, and I talked shit back, and they tried to throw me into the right field. Over the fence. Tried to. Oh, it was a baseball game. I think Mark Wright was out there. Yeah. I don't know how we got here, but we did. Maybe because it's Lane Kiffin week. Where does Ole Miss finish in recruiting? Top 27. I'm going to go top 27. All right. Keith Bullock is back. That kid's going to be a rebel. And it's all because Brendan Chapman has been retained. That stuff matters. Charles Clark has a chance to be retained. It wouldn't surprise me. Lane Kiffin gives these guys a trial run, a real trial run. This is not just for show. But after he gets his class in, does an evaluation and determines that eh, these two aren't working for me or these three aren't working for me, this one's not working for me, cuts him loose and goes hires his own guy. My only question with that was if they're under one-year contracts, when do their contracts end? The spring. Okay. I, I didn't know how that worked. That's how it works. He's Colin Brister. I'm Ben Garrett at Colin Brister at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. It should be, should be, wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. When you go to iTunes, leave that five-star review. Don't care what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Open Spirit, OpenSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. We might be back for another this week. I don't know yet. We gave you the Sunday special are you trying to kill me? Somebody asked me, have you thought about doing a daily show? I don't think I could generate the energy for that right now. It's not just talking. You have to go in and, and do a lot of editing for, for this too. So Yes, because you and I have a tendency to say some things and <laughs> got to take care of us. Make sure the podcast flows. I'm also OCD when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. A little too obsessive compulsive, but whatever. That, that can be good and bad. Though. It's bad in the podcasting world. A lot of times... Looking up and saying, geez, it's 4 a.m. I've been doing this for four hours. What am I doing? Just let it go. <laughs> uh, but fans now can see I take Talk of Champions seriously. So there you go. Inside baseball. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.